You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode is brought to you by Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class is an online video platform geared towards making you a better hunter. Watch instructional videos taught by hunting experts like Remy Warren, Randy Newberg, and Corey Jacobson. After the hunt, learn how to prepare your harvest from world-class wild game chefs like Hank Shaw and Jamie Tagan. Whether it's your first year hunting or you grew up doing it, Outdoor Class will take your skills up a notch. Use code EMPIRE20 at checkout to save 20% off. Visit OutdoorClass.com to learn more. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. And welcome back to the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. How are you folks doing out there in podcast land? Hope you're doing well. Things have been going pretty well around here. It's been very warm. I think it's supposed to cool off tomorrow, but uh, man, absolutely no complaints. Been a little too busy, but uh, other than that, nothing really to complain about. Um, wife is doing well. Baby's doing well. Things just doing pretty well right now. This is probably uh, my happiness is probably just something to do with the fact that I am tagged out on bucks. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not worried or stressed. Uh, even though there's a few more days of hunting season left, I don't feel like this huge urge and crazy need to get out there. I probably should have killed another doe or two. I actually tried this last weekend. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but man, uh, you know, a lot of times back in like. August and September, you hear me something say something along the lines of like, man, it snuck up on me, but you know, deer season's here, hunting season's here. Kind of had the reverse uh, of that today. It really dawned on me like things are winding down. The season's almost over. Uh, actually, I think when this drops, deer season will officially have closed. We got a few more weeks of duck season, um, but man, the like the like official hunting seasons are kind of coming to an end right now and it's very very sad but uh, I'm definitely not going to stop hunting I'm actually you know I talked about it last year how I needed to kill some coyotes Um, this year that just I mean it got pounded into my head a thousand times more because especially early season like late October early November uh, I was seeing so many coyotes I think one sit I saw four coyotes and a bobcat in one sit and so that is definitely on my mind, something I need to be doing. Um, I've been seeing a lot of hogs lately on my cameras. Um, I tried to get after some of those this last weekend. We'll talk about it in a second. But uh, anyway, so yeah, still more hunting to do. Just kind of not the big, fancy, official, you know, deer hunting, duck hunting, that type of stuff. You know, we're kind of getting into the, uh, gosh, I don't know what's a good word for it. I better not even say a word for it because there's a lot of people who enjoy the hog hunting and the coyote hunting and stuff like that. So anyway, hope you guys are doing well. Like I said, um, this last weekend went out to the ranch, had a good buddy of mine, Charles out, and we had been planning this like duck hunting massacre for a few weeks. Um, and, uh, we brought our wives and stuff. You know, we kind of made a big weekend out of it. Um, 
And so, yeah, we had all this planned for weeks and weeks. And then, of course, the weather didn't cooperate. Uh, it was pretty darn warm. And then uh, me and Charles, we both uh, had a super hectic day of work on Friday. We weren't able to get out there in time to do any scouting. And so we were kind of just reliant on my brother and kind of what he had seen just, you know, when he was driving around feeding and stuff. But we basically had three options. There, there are three ponds that we kind of rotate through. Um, you know, sometimes one holds the duck, sometimes the other. And so, um, you know, one of them is uh, not easy to see from, you know, my brother's house. And so that one was kind of a, we basically had no idea. Um, but so we had kind of narrowed it down to two options because those are the ones my brother kind of could see better. And he was like, hey, I think we need to go to, you know, Pond A or whatever. And so uh, Charles had brought a uh, an A-frame blind. It was my first time hunting out of an A-frame, which was very cool. Um, and then Luke was going to bring some of his kids, my brother, he was going to bring some of his kids. Um, so yeah, so we were pumped. We had tons of decoys. We had the blind. Um, Charles and I woke up super early. We were pulling grass out of the ditch, uh, you know, on our way there, set up the A-frame is brand new, you know, it never been brushed or anything. So we spent, I mean, a lot of time brushing this blind. Um, we had, I don't know, a couple dozen, uh, decoys, uh, duck decoys. I had my half dozen, uh, goose decoys kind of next to the blind kind of using the using them as like more of a confidence thing um charles had brought a couple like silhouettes of geese that we kind of set up uh you know next to the pond um but we really like we we hadn't seen any geese uh hadn't really heard any geese or anything so we weren't expecting it to be goose at all really goose goosey (laughs) we weren't expecting to see any geese um really just set up for ducks and so sun comes up um decently early we had like a pair of ducks come in shot them and then we hear some geese and so charles and i start blowing on the calls we ended up getting them to come over my brother shot one uh charles and i were not ready like i you know i didn't have like goose appropriate shells in my gun because i think we were gonna see any neither did charles we'd both brought some we just didn't have them in our gun uh but luke was able to knock one down so we got a goose um, and then, man, the duck hunting was super slow. Um, we ended up killing, we had seven ducks come in and we killed all seven. Like we were shooting great. Our setup was great. I mean, they were coming in perfectly nice and cupped. Our blind was working well. We just, the, just the ducks were not there. And so, uh, we ended up, we, we actually, we saw several geese that morning. We ended up working them. We had two pretty good flocks, uh, circleless, which I, I'm honestly not sure I've ever had geese like do a full circle. Um, but these did full circles. These didn't come in, you know, they didn't commit, didn't come in. So we sat there for a while. We finally decided that the hunt was over. We cleaned everything up and, uh, we're like, Hey, just out of curiosity, like, let's go check this other pond that we ended up not hunting. Guys, it was freaking covered. <laughs> we made a terrible choice. That one was covered. I went and checked out the other pond, uh, later, excuse me. And that one was covered. So basically, out of our three choices, we picked the worst possible pond that we could have picked. So you live and you learn. Not that big a deal. We had a, a really fun time. The kids loved it. You know, they were peeking their heads out of the blind and stuff. And uh, more than they should have been. But, you know, we wanted them to get to see and everything. So so had a great fun hunt. Uh, that evening, Charles and I loaded up and went out there. Uh, he was able to kill a doe, get some meat for the freezer, help me with my doe management a little bit. Um, I was hunting with the trad bow that evening, and I thought, I, I was very, very confident that I was going to see at least some does, and I really thought I was going to see some hogs, because uh, I'd been getting pictures of them on the camera, like skirting the outside of the uh, the feeder pen. Didn't see any does, didn't see any hogs. I did have two little spikes. One was a spike, one was like a little five point, uh, come from 
like directly behind me. I have no idea where these deer came from. Like they came across the wide open pasture. I just kind of like, I didn't, I didn't hear them. I just kind of saw something out of the corner of my eye turned that side of the blind. It's like fairly open. I was hunting like in a plywood box basically. Um, but the one little spike that was in front, he probably came to like seven or eight yards. I mean, would have been a dream with the longbow. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I was out of buck tags. He was not legal to take. Um, and I didn't really want to kill a young buck anyway. So, so yeah, uh, no deer for me, no hogs for me, a couple ducks. Um, we did have fun with the kid, like plucking the birds and stuff with the kids, got some meat in the freezer. Um, I was able to pick up my, uh, my deer from the processor. Um, I did get this last buck processed. I always like to get at least one deer a year, uh, sent to the processor and get, just get stuff that I don't want to basically don't have the time to make. You know, we got a lot of sausage and some jerky, stuff like that. So, so yeah, that was last weekend. Um, pretty action packed this coming weekend. Um, even though it's the last weekend of deer season and I could possibly hunt, I don't think I'm going to, um, it's my sister-in-law's birthday. We're going to take them to dinner and I'm honestly, I'm, I'm kind of ready for a nothing weekend. Um, I just want to hang out with my wife and baby, sit on the couch, watch a movie, uh, you know, play some board games, do something like that because I've just missed them. If I'm being honest, um, work has been super hectic lately. Uh, you know, once we started the new year and I, I just need some downtime if I'm being completely honest. So, so that's, uh, yeah, as I sit right now, I'm pretty sure my deer season's, uh, over, I'm still planning to do some duck hunting for sure. Actually, I tried to plan a hunt for tomorrow morning, but it didn't work out with the guy I was going to go with. Um, but I do want to do some more duck hunting. And then, uh, man, I, I, I think I might have mentioned this last week. Uh, my mind has kind of switched over into fishing gear. Like, I'm really looking forward to get out there on the water, do some fishing. Um, man, Lake Texoma is just always calling my name. There's just so much variety there. Um, yeah, so I'd love to get out to Texoma. Uh, maybe try some dead sticking for uh, striper. I've never done that before, but might, might give that a shot. Um, yeah, who knows? Going to do some fishing. Going to do some uh, some varmint hunting. And that's about all the life update I got for you guys. So that's what I've been up to. That's what I have planned out. This week on the podcast, like I mentioned earlier, we have an awesome guest. We have Mr. Scotty Campbell and Scotty is the owner and operator of Topo Texas Outfitters. And if that name sounds familiar, um, they have really blown up the last couple years. Uh, if any of you have heard the name Aaron Snyder, uh, Kefaru Cast, uh, they make backpacks. He has a podcast. Um, Aaron Snyder's just a beast. He's kind of like kind of what spurred me into getting into the traditional archery thing. Um, and Aaron Snyder hunts at this Topo Texas Outfitters a lot. And so I reached out to Scotty. Super nice guy. I can't say enough about him. Very genuine. One of the most genuine people I've ever talked to. You can tell he really loves what he does. Um, he is super good at it. Runs a very successful outfitter business. Um, and yeah, I just, I just you know, I, after looking at their Instagram and hearing Aaron talk about it on various podcasts, I just knew I wanted to have this on. And guys, this is a very unique episode uh, because like... Again, we're just talking about stuff that most people don't associate with our area, you know, like Western Oklahoma, Western Texas. Um, you know, he does a lot of odd hunting, which is really cool. He does elk hunting, mule deer, antelope, just some just some critters that people don't associate with this area. And so really cool, very, very knowledgeable. We talk about odd a lot, which is really, really cool. And uh, over the last couple of years, and kind of because of uh, you know the work he's done with Aaron, he's really become a a big 
uh, destination for bow hunters. This uh, I'm talking about Top of Texas uh, in Scotty. And so we talk about that a lot. We talk about the challenges of bow hunting in this terrain. You know, this is not the not the pancake flat uh, Texas that most people imagine. And so it's really cool getting to hear about the ranch. It sounds absolutely beautiful. Um, man, look him up on Instagram. Uh, he doesn't have a website. He's pretty old school, but he is on Instagram. So check him out there. And we just have a really, really cool, honest conversation. We kind of go all over the place. We talk about all the different species. We talk about, uh, you know, the lodge. Just everything you get when you go hunt with Top of Texas Outfitters. So, so yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Uh, here's my interview with Scotty. I hope you guys enjoy it, and we're going to get into the episode right after this. With spring right around the corner, it's about time to switch out that bower rifle for a bait cast or a spinning reel. That's right, the spawn will be here before you know it, so you better head over to Private Water Fishing and sign up for your membership. At the very least, head to privatewaterfishing.com and check out some of the amazing lakes they have to offer. These are large, well-managed private lakes all over Oklahoma and Texas that you can have all to yourself just by signing up for a membership. So don't wait, get signed up and start fishing today. With the stock market and just about any other type of financial institution struggling right now, there is one old go-to investment that rarely lets you down, and that's land. The old saying, they're not making any more of it, sure rings true, and now maybe more than ever. If you're looking for someone to help you navigate the world of real estate, look no further than Oklahoma-based Arrowhead Land Company. Their knowledgeable team of outdoors men and women can help you navigate this crazy market and help you buy or sell your property with confidence. Whether you're a fourth-generation Okie or an out-of-stater looking to find a place to settle down, Arrowhead Land Company can help. This year, more than any other, trail cameras played a huge role in me bagging two great Oklahoma bucks. And with all those trail cam photos pouring in, I looked to Deer Lab to help keep everything organized and up-to-date. Not only is Deer Lab a great way to organize all of your photos, but it can help you track specific deer and learn their habits using factors like wind, weather, time of day, moon phase, and of course, location. It's your one-stop shop for everything trail camera related. So check them out at DeerLab.com and don't forget to use code OKLAHOMAOUTDOORS for 20% off your membership. There is truly no place like the great outdoors in Oklahoma. When you're out in the wild, you want your wireless devices to work. Unlike other carriers, Bravado Wireless believes that coverage in rural areas is important so that you stay connected. With competitively priced plans and coverage where you need it, the mission of Bravado Wireless is to keep you connected no matter where you are. Visit bravadowireless.com or check them out at one of their retail locations. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. Hey everybody, welcome to today's show and today we got Scotty Campbell with us. How you doing, Scotty? Good, good, man. Good, good to uh, get to get to uh, visit with you about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this ever since we uh, first started talking. And uh, man, I'm going to say right from the beginning, I have no idea where this conversation is going to go because we got tons to talk about, and uh, and I'm excited. But but before we get into all that, real quick, why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yep, my uh, name's Scotty Campbell. Uh, I own and operate Topo Texas. Uh, been in the business for I don't know 35ish years. Um, 
we operate a couple ranches here in Texas. I got I got a, a 120,000 acre ranch in Van Horn, Texas, um, foothills of the Davis Mountains that that we run all that elk, mule deer, and antelope hunts off of. Um, and then I have a ranch in the Panhandle, which is where I live. Uh, I have a ranch up there that we operate some oddad hunts out of. It's uh, 50,000 acres, and that's kind of the story of my life every day, chasing critters. Awesome, man. That sounds like a pretty good life to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm going to tell you, so I, I found out about you. You uh, mentioned earlier uh, Aaron Snyder. He, you know, he hunts with y'all a lot, and I think y'all become pretty good buddies, and uh, this last year I made the, the terrible mistake of getting into traditional archery and in that process of trying to learn everything about it, I, I found Aaron and listened to a bunch of his stuff. And some of my favorite episodes of his were when he was out there, you know, chasing odd dad with y'all. So, uh, that's kind of how I found out about you. And, uh, and man, like I said, I'm, I'm very excited about this, this podcast just to hear, um, you know, y'all, y'all chase a lot of critters that a lot of people don't even know are around this part of the country and especially in Texas. Um, so yeah, man, I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm very excited to hear about everything you have to say. Yeah. It's uh yeah. Aaron's one of my best friends, man. We met probably five or six years ago, I suppose. Come on a, come out on a hunt, uh, with another guy. And, uh, he had, I think he was just kind of like maybe a year into shooting the, the trad bow and, when chasing free range all dad with a traditional archery you know mm-hmm. like and it, and it is it's tough and um anyway man he kills a kills an all dad the first evening out like uh and, and he's a beast he's a beast on the mountain too mm-hmm. he, and, he, and on top of being a great shot and i fuss at him sometimes like man kind of kind of give a false sense of hope to just <laughs> To this traditional world it's uh it makes my life miserable sometimes. <laughs> love the trap but it is a it is a tough proposition on these up but we 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 make it work yeah yeah that's awesome uh and you know something you you, you just mentioned mountains and stuff and the pain handle and uh you know a lot of people i know i went to school in idaho and i'd have you know friends come down and stuff and uh, most people don't think of mountains when they think of Texas. They think of that pancake flat. Um, but kind of just just kind of describe the terrain you're hunting these odd at in. It's it's definitely not pancake. No, no, it's absolutely. Excuse me, it's absolutely rough out here. It's, it's just the desert mountains, you know, and uh, rim rock, cactus. Uh, uh, it's it's just rough, you know. You like you don't you ain't gotta you don't you're not starting in a valley floor at 6,000 and going to 12, mm-hmm. but you, you're, you know, you're starting at four and going to six and everything out here bites or stings you or sticks mm-hmm. you. It's a, and it's, it's a, it's a very, very rough hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to start with odd That's, you know, kind of, again, you've mentioned it was kind of y'all's bread and butter and uh, how y'all have kind of blown up. Uh, so, um, man, you mentioned that you, you don't get near as many rifle hunters. Y'all are big into the bow, uh, bow world. How did that kind of transition? Like, did y'all used to get almost all rifle hunters and it kind of switch or have y'all always been a little bit more bow focused? You know, really like I, I bow hunt for like, I very rarely rifle hunt, no, nothing against it. It's just, I just enjoy hunting with a bow and, and we had always, you know, had luck shooting some odd ad with, with, uh, archery equipment and, and, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a whole lot more work is, is, you know, more than anything, but, but I absolutely have zero against a gun. Matter of fact, I, I welcome with open arms, uh, uh, 
you know, by the season's end. And, and I blame that on Aaron, you know, he just shot, he just has so much, he's just so powerful in the hunting industry, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and with him coming out here, uh, and, and having luck, it just shined a big light on us, you know, where people are like, most people, most people won't talk to you out here about hunting Audad with, you know, spot and stalk Audad with, with, with archery equipment. And, uh, I was like, and, you know, it's just kind of what we've done and it, and it sort of turned into almost total archery period for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just, just by happenstance, it's not really what I chose. It just, it's just how it, how it turned out, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But I do blame it on Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I believe that. I believe that. Um, so kind of, I mean, just kind of walk us through a hunt, you know, like I, I've seen people on YouTube hunting with a, a rifle and they basically just kind of drive around the bottom till they find some. And, uh, you know, a lot of times they're just shooting from the truck, you know, shooting up the, the Canyon wall. How do y'all go about it, uh, you know, with a bow hunter? Like, what's different about it? Man, it's probably not a lot different other than, uh, you know, we, we have a road system throughout our ranches, and, and we just, it's it's tons of uh, windshield time on, a, on like, side-by-sides. We, we, we run those, and it's tons of windshield time glassing and, and trying to lay guys, you know, on what we want, like determining if it's in a, a – you know, a stalkable spot or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will credit us with is, is because we, we don't really hunt with rifles very much here is, is they, these odd at are, and we have a lot of my really manage and take care of my, my animals just because simply because we do so much with a, with a bow and arrow, mm-hmm. uh, man, we just have to be really particular about how we go about everything, you know, cause, cause you can blow them up like anywhere. You can make it where it's miserable trying to get on them. Um, but anyway, we just try to, there's lots of glassing and, and, and okay, there's one, you know, it's a, it's a big ram or, or whatever. It's a you, that's a really good spot. Let's, uh, let's go, go try to figure out the wind, uh, angles, everything, everything you'd see on a Western hunt, you know, uh, uh probably what, what helps us here is we have so many sheep that, that you're, you're going to blow some stalks, you're going to mess some things up, but you get up there and, and, it, and it goes south just glass across the canyon there'll be some more and let's <laughs> let's go after those you know mm-hmm. you know like yeah. it's just lots of spot stalks lots of stalks you, you, you ain't gonna run short of those mm-hmm. uh, but it's uh and that's that's our that's how we go about it mm-hmm. it's it's a uh it, it, you know no backpack our 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 lodge sits back in in the mountains of the ranch and and man a lot of times like we start we don't even start till we can see at daylight, mm. you know, we are in the front driveway and, and, and set up glass and go to, go to finding sheep from right here and then go from there. Hmm. Awesome, man. Sounds beautiful. I'm loving it. Um, yeah, it's, it's awesome country. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing I've heard Aaron talk about and I've seen pictures on y'all's, you know, Instagram and stuff is just kind of the, the crazy shot angles and stuff that people are taking. Cause again, you mentioned, you know, these are steep, rugged, nasty mountains, uh, you know, poor man's sheep hunt, as they say. Um, was there, <laughs> was there a big learning curve for you and like with your clients and stuff? Like, I mean, you know, I've like, I've never shot at a, an animal, you know, directly below me, 20, 30 yards below me. Uh, do you have to kind of coach people up on how to aim and shoot? 
man you you do you not not everyone you know there's so much there's so much um there's so much data out there now like with guys like uh lots of those guys put out so much good information for people but um and 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 yes we're in their ear too you know no matter who it is we're in their ear yeah the guy yesterday i think it was yesterday or day before it was uh on on the on the range finder, it was a 56 degree angle, mm. uh, and the animal was 44 yards, but a straight line. I think it was like 88 or 89, you know, straight line. But, uh, um, but yeah, there's some. <laughs> it can get pretty crazy. I've had, I've had a handful of guys just blow arrows up between their feet too. You know, hit the rock <laughs> they're standing on. It's it's so steep. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, do y'all? Man, I'm just trying to think on the fly here. Uh, you know, do y'all, when it comes to like big rams, uh, or I guess this could really go for anything, you know, in that rugged terrain is like, are y'all paying more attention to the wind or do the thermals kind of dominate? Like, are you trying to get above or below them based it's, on it's morning or evening, or do you have to worry about the wind also? Yeah. 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 You know, all the above <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's it's all the above on the wind and and that's you know these sheep not only can they see better than most animals they can they I tell people it's like you know they got sheep eyes with an elk nose mm-hmm. they uh, uh unbelievable uh how they can smell and see but but yeah the wind the wind is absolutely the the, the dominating factor on you know on getting into bow range and and just like any mountains anywhere it swirls and changes and shifts. um but but you know knowing this ranch pretty good we kind of you know just over the years have learned okay we that spot's pretty good there's always a good wind or or or, no we can't do that so you know we kind of we kind of know all that but it still bites you a lot you know be you get somewhere in the winds perfect for 45 minutes and one happens every hunt you know uh, another thing here too is when shooting over these cliffs, it's it's uh you can you can you can situate yourself in a crevice to where like oh I'm out of the wind and you can shoot an arrow at forty yards and it blow four foot sideways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm just thinking of like all the stuff you just talking about you know having to worry about the wind having to worry about you know the cliffs and the cracks and all that while also at the same time having to worry about rattlesnakes and cactus and everything else it sounds like a sounds like a pretty crazy time out there (laughs) it's fun it's a lot of fun uh we was talking about the youth the youth thing has been our the the youths have been our kind of our bread and butter because uh i offer those at an economical price and i have so many that that i like i can all i you know there's only so much time in the year that you that, that that your body can take the punishment from out here but uh and because it's economical and there's so many sheep here that's big that's been a big thing for us and and it's been good for guys that's maybe you know before they jump off and go chase elk or or high country mule deer somewhere they can get they can get on these crazy angles and different shot scenarios at at a at an affordable price gotcha gotcha sounds like i might have to uh hold on to this episode in my back pocket till after i go down there and then release it so i don't get uh you know too far down the list no no you're you're good it's uh we uh we we limit we limit the amount of rams we take you know here pretty harshly and just i have to in in order to be successful with archery equipment man we have to baby our you know manage hard on 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 what we do and don't take and 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 we we only try to shoot just the super super old rams uh it it don't always happen but but 90 
98 percent of them are like yeah. like very very old you know 12 to, to 15 year old rams is, is what we primarily shoot wow we, we wow. have to baby we, and i'm sorry I, I feel, oh I, well you go ahead no, I, I just like the, the one of the the, the the determining factor of uh, is is uh you know, our, our, I guess our goal or, you know, what everyone wants, the magical numbers, the 30 inch Ram. Well, it just is a, it's a fact that it takes 10 years for that to happen. It takes them to be in 10 years old to make those numbers, you know, for the most part. Um, and, and so that's, that's one thing we just, uh, uh, we really try to, you know, shoot the older, older, older Rams that see, you know, maybe some of them is even out of the breeding cycle. Mm-hmm. Well, so hmm. that's that's our that's our deal on our Rams is just we uh, I, I want everybody that comes yeah. to be successful in order to do that I just have to really manage because we hunt with archery equipment. Yeah, man, I I had no idea. Obviously, I, you know I don't know much about odd hunting. That's why I'm so excited to have you on. But you know, from a whitetail hunter, you're talking about age. It's like you know if you get to five years old, you're doing pretty good, and then you know maybe they'll get to six or seven. But it sounds like Audad are more like elk. Like they got to really get some age on them before they hit. They do, they do for sure. Uh, You know, and they're just so hardy of an animal too. I don't know, you know, like I'm no biologist by any means, but uh, I know last year we killed some ewes, man. That was like, like uh, you know, and just by counting, you know, just redneck counting the annual rings on on the on the horns, and we 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 take some ewes every year, you know, from that 15 to 18 year old range. Uh, what I started to say earlier is, you know, I feel like we need to just for the listeners, you know, and this is not a high fence range, correct? These are oh yeah, it's totally animals. wild, free range, low fence. They can yeah. come and go as they mm-hmm. please. It's uh, and and this like where I'm sitting at today is is my ranch down here in, in the Davis Mountains. And it's a hundred twenty thousand acre ranch, and yeah, I tell I tell guys like you'll never see the whole ranch while you're here. It's it's, it's big. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about, cause you know, obviously they're an exotic animal. They're a non-native animal. How does like the, you know, licenses and seasons and all that stuff work? There, there is no season in Texas on Audad. You can hunt them year round, day or night, whatever. But, uh, we, we hunt, I, I, I um, uh, I run my seasons from like October till, till April, you know, it starts getting hot in April and I, and and there again, because we do so much archery stuff, man, I don't want to be belly crawling across rattlesnakes. So <laughs> once it starts getting pretty warm, we shut it off. Oh man, yeah, me neither. Absolutely. And and too, you know, we're we're, we're as humans, I'm, we're we're pretty. Me and my crew, you know, we're pretty beat up and tired by the by the you know like from October till April, every how many months that is of of every single day. You know, it's in these mountains, it beats you up. Yeah, and uh, I I I mean. Like I said, you know, we've been talking about how challenging it is, how crazy the terrain is. I can't imagine adding in some, you know, 100 to 110 degree heat in that. Yeah, we don't see that very often here in this elevation in these mountains. But it, you know, it. But I, yeah, yeah. I just there's no way when it's like June, July, or whatever when it is 100 down here. That'd be that'd be pretty. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Um. I, I want to talk about some other critters too, but uh, anything else on the odd ad before we move on? No, no, man. It's uh, it's just a, it's a crazy fun hunt, you know, especially for 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 archers. It's uh, if you want a challenge, it is uh, sometimes it's a headache challenge. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, man, I, I definitely want to talk about elk. Um, you know, elk, I, I still am elkless. I mentioned earlier I went to school in Idaho because I thought I wanted to be an elk hunter. You know, turns out it's a whole lot harder than I thought. You know, <laughs> you don't just sit on uh, sit on your back forty over a deer feeder and shoot an elk. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, uh, Oklahoma has some elk opportunities. You know, some draw hunts. Uh, actually, people can hunt them on private land also uh, if you're one yep. of the lucky few to to have that private land. Um, but you know, just being kind of in a place where elk are not normal, you know, most people don't just see an elk, ever, you know, all the time, uh, you know, elk traffic does very well on the podcast because so many people are interested in it. So many people dream of it. Um, and again, you know, like a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of Oklahomans don't know that Oklahoma has elk. And I think a lot of Oklahoma and Texans don't realize that Texas has elk. Um, so just talk, kind of talk about, uh, the elk population a little bit and y'all's hunts and, uh, just give us a little elk info. Yeah. It's, um, you know, because I don't, what is it? 98% of Texas is private and they, and these elk are native to this, to this country out here. And Mm -hmm. I'm quite sure there's some been restocked over the years, but, but Mm -hmm. they were also native and, and, uh, Man, I, I, you know, I have to do an aerial survey for my mule deer tags every year, and we we try to kind of count the elk, and I've got a couple hundred elk that that live on this ranch pretty much all the time, um, and it, this year during like during September, uh, I think I probably pulled some elk in off from other places some somehow I, I you know like i don't they just showed up i think because there was i probably had 300 elk this year during during september here it was insane um and and i, I mean like i feel like i you know they probably drifted in off of some some neighboring ranches for whatever reasons uh uh but it's uh it's fun and i only offer a couple elk hunts a year man same same people usually the same bunch gets it every year, you know, they, they, uh, they write me down before they leave, uh, kind of deal. So, uh, but, and I only, I only hunt them in September just because it's fun. They're vocal. It's, it's a, you know, private ranch. So, so you're not contending with any public outside pressures or anything. And, and it, and it is so much fun because they, they actually act like elk are supposed to, supposed mm-hmm. to act. They, you know, they, they actually come to calls. They, they come in fighting, and and it's it's a it's just a blast of a good time. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, I, this is something I I feel like you're a good person to ask. You know, you you mentioned it. You know, elk historically, elk were a native species. You know, they got mostly extirpated or all the way extirpated, and now they're kind of coming back. Um, do you think this is kind of a loaded question, maybe? But do you think it's time for Texas to recognize them as a game species and start putting in some seasons and stuff like that? You know, I, man, I I don't know. I, it's it's hard to say because, and and it, just my thought process is is most of Texas, most people that hunt here are are probably as good or better managers of their property and their animals than a than a department of wildlife would be for them yeah. uh i i feel like that you know nothing against department mm-hmm. of wildlife or any of that i just feel like the most texas people you know you're texan you you probably manage your deer on your ranch better than anyone could tell you how uh mm-hmm. and and, and we we don't you know if we had a lot more public land in texas that had elk on it absolutely i would like to see them be 
you know, uh, uh, considered a species or, a, or, you know, indigenous species and, and maybe a season on them. We just don't have enough public land that I don't think we have to worry about that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and there again, you know, this, this hunting deal has become such a commodity to, to, to ranchers and outfitters uh, that, that, that you work, you work harder than, than anybody could tell you how on, on managing your, you know, the commodity you have, whether it be elk caught at or deer or anything else. I think, I think most, most Texans uh, uh, do a great job at just taking care of what they have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hearing the way you were talking about, you know, your herd and you only hunt them a certain time of the year. And uh, I mean, I, that's that's the dream that you know for for me owning a piece of property that doesn't have elk you know hearing you talk about it like that like that's kind of a dream for me because I've kind of gone back and forth on it also um, you know I, I never thought about like how you're talking about with the public land and uh, you know most they're mostly on private and people are managing them so um, that is a good point I, I do like that so yeah you know up where I live in the Panhandle now there's there, there's quite a bit of elk. Uh, kind of like in that western part of oklahoma there and 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 Mm -hmm. into our eastern part of the panhandle and you know as a selfish hunter i hear i hear like maybe some of the farmers that that that, uh you know spend their life putting in crops and 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 whatever you know that's that's their business and their livelihood i i hear they get pretty mad at the elk over there and just like maybe Mm -hmm. just shoot them and leave them lay uh you know the selfish hunter in me is like that makes me mad like dang man let somebody hunt those things or whatever but but at the same time i understand uh you know they're this that's their livelihood and uh and then there again there's so much private land over there those elk will figure it out you know everyone i know that has the elk over there really 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 takes care of them yeah what about uh this is kind of off track a little bit what about black bears do y'all get any black bears down there in the davis mountains man there there's there's supposedly there's some mexican black bears down here you know in, in the mountains i think it's it's a it's a common thing back here especially around the you know that davis mountain state park but uh i have not seen a bear or a track of a bear here anywhere uh you know i've been hunting this ranch for several years now and i haven't seen any sign or anything of it now i will say the ranch manager that that takes care of the cattle operation here on this ranch he uh uh i don't know several years ago he said he saw one out here on on i-10 that had been ran over uh hmm. and, and it was like first one he had ever seen so they're here i guess i i, I see you know, on occasion you'll see someone like with uh, maybe one's hitting a feeder or something somewhere, but like I, I've just never, it, I've never seen one here. Yeah, yeah. I just figured y'all had a pretty good chance being so close to you know New Mexico and everything like that. But you know, eastern Oklahoma, they're they're starting to get overrun by black bears, and they've they've been spotted as far west as almost Oklahoma City. Um, they're just exploding in the southeast, so. I don't know. That just came to my mind. We were talking about mountains and elk and everything. So, yep. I, uh, you know, there's quite a few cats out here, and there again, it's, man, it's a rare to it's rare to see them, but they're definitely here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, cool. Uh, as far as the elk hunting, do y'all do mostly bow? Do y'all do rifle? Just kind of whatever people want to do. A little bit of both. Yeah, you know, it's just so happened there again. Like I was saying, it's my, my repeat my repeat clients are are are. Actually, the, the, 
I'm the probably the only guy's killed one with a compound bow here. Everything else, every, all my other clients have been uh, traditional bow hunters who who uh, wow. get to hunt every year. So that's uh, uh, which is good. <laughs> I I I, uh, I don't have a problem. I like the repeat good people, and mm-hmm. and so yeah. It's anyway. So it's it's uh, most of my elk is here has been done with traditional equipment. That's cool. That's really cool. I don't think I'm quite to that point. <laughs> I told myself I was going to do more traditional archery this year than I wound up doing. Uh, you know, when it when it comes down to it, it's just real hard to uh, pick up that stick instead of the wheel bow. But but I need to I need to get on it a little bit more. Yeah, I think I think if a guy's going to like totally be a traditional archer, you just got to you got to sell your compounds. You know, and you got to yeah. you've got to just like like okay, this is what I'm going to do. I, I, I'm old enough that I come along when. I come along and started hunting before wheel bows and, mm-hmm. and, uh, I remember the struggles. So I'm, I, um, I'm, I'm sticking with a compound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, man, I definitely, I want to talk about mule deer also, uh, because that's, you know, another part of the reason I went to, uh, to Idaho is I wanted to hunt mule deer. I'd never done that. And, uh, of course, I just happened to land in the most like whitetail centric part of Idaho you could possibly be <laughs> in, and so never got a mule deer either. Saw a couple, but uh, um, yeah, but you said you do most of the mule deer hunting not on the Davis Mountain Ranch on the other one, ran, ran No, right? no, I nope. All of my mule, my mule okay. deer hunting is here too. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. And, and we're on gotcha. a we're on a MLD program here on this ranch, so so. Um, uh, like, like I, I got 10 permits this year on it and, mm. oh, I'm trying to think how many, I did have two rifle hunters this year out of the 10 and the other eight were, were arch, were, were archery. So one, two, three, one, two, three, three or four of those were traditional bow hunters. Hmm. Um, oh, it, 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 it's, it's, it's fun. And it, being on this on this uh, MOD program, it allows us to, uh, the extended. It allows us a, an extended season. So so we like right now these my rut is just starting to tell off here right now. So we finished our last tag with with Cody Greenwood. I think he's been on your podcast, uh, the Trad Labs, and he was my last deer tag filled a couple of days ago. Uh, but it, it so we just kind of pushed the but the archery stuff during the rut here with the deer and mm-hmm. it's, it's it's an absolute blast it's uh you know you're gonna during this rut you're gonna see 30 40 bucks a day uh it's just wow. a matter of you know ha- having them in a in a stalkable spot and um you know all making all that work but uh, uh, uh and I, and I tell people like it's by no means easy, but but these deer, you know, 120,000 acres, I I take 10 deer a year off of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and but we're here so much hunting Audad that that it, it, over time, you know, you walk by the same deer 60 times a a month. Uh, he learns to not like be crazy scared of you, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, they just learn. Oh, there's, there's, there's old Scotty. He's, I seen him last week come by me. He ain't gonna bother me. So they, they're not, they're not just cracked out. Uh, it's, it's a, yeah. it's a super fun archery hunt. Now you're not gonna come here and kill a 200 inch deer by any means, but, you know, we, that 150 to 
man, occasional kind of 180 type deer. That's that's kind of our that's where we're at. Yeah, yeah. Now you you mentioned you don't do many whitetail hunts anymore. Do y'all not have any whitetails? You just kind of not mess with them as far as hunters yeah, no. are concerned. Yeah, no, I just don't have any out here on this place. I, mm-hmm. I actually have gotten old enough and far long, far far enough along in my career that I love hunting whitetail, and so I, I'll set aside like two weeks out of the year just for me. Mm-hmm. And and then like my buddy Aaron comes up, and you know a couple friends, and we just come up to my house, and um, my son has a ranch over in Oklahoma that a buddy of ours owns, and and we jump back and forth between you know, Western Oklahoma and Texas right there at my house in the panhandle. And, and that's, that's our little week to hunt together and fill the freezer. And so, so I just commercially, I don't have time to hunt the whitetail anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I, I enjoy this, this more mountain type hunting, uh, right now. And so I, I save a little time just for, just for me and my friends to hunt, hunt the whitetail and, and, uh, uh, commercially it's for me it's just the odd ad antelope mule deer and elk yeah that's an awesome spot to be in because uh you know 99 percent of the outfitters out there they're trying to sell the same whitetail hunt that everybody else is trying to sell and then you know maybe a hog hunt or something on the side so uh yeah. definitely nothing wrong with being different yeah we do have javelina on this ranch a lot of those you know and you're allowed on, on your license you're allowed to javelina a year in texas and and now you're talking about uh a little species that was built for archery hunting they're pretty fun <laughs> yeah yeah i actually i just learned that recently i i've never killed a javelina uh you know i've never been far enough south but uh i actually didn't know that they had a, a limit on javelina yeah yeah I, I, it, you wouldn't if you you would think now that'd be something they could bump up on this ranch because there's just hundreds <laughs> yeah. hundreds of them um they're not they're not destructive like a you know, like a like a like a pig that you, like where you live or I live, but but there uh, right. there's plenty of them. Hmm. Now, do y'all not have many hogs down there? I, I would not, assume they're just everywhere. Not not out here in these mountains. We don't. I think there's some and maybe some of the flats around. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but the, I think I'll well I'll back up my the ranch the cattle manager here. I think it was two years ago, called me and was like in a panic mode. Said he he had driven by a water tank to, you know, checking the cattle water and saw a pig, a, a big mm-hmm. pig. Mm-hmm. And he was like, please kill it. And I said, all right, if we <laughs> see it. But like, I think it was probably uh, just an old boar, yeah. you know, roaming, passing uh-huh. through. Uh, so I didn't see him. So I've never seen a pig on this place. Gotcha. Well, that's encouraging. I hope it stays that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I think I would, uh, when we do our deer survey here, we kind of work the coyotes over as best we can. Uh, uh, we do our we do our aerial survey, uh, you know, out of the chopper to get our deer yeah. numbers for, for our tags. And so, yeah, I would um, uh, I would put the pigs with the coyotes if, if they were here. I don't want them. Right. Uh, we, man, we kind of skipped over the, the javelinas there. You said those were built for bow hunting. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. You know, what makes them so good for bow hunting? Yep. They're, they're just so fun. You know, they're, 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 there's so many of them here and, and they're, you can just, they don't have the best eyesight in the world. They can smell, but because they're not hunted, they don't, you know, they're just not real flighty. So, uh, 
and the numbers is is <clears throat> there's there's just a lot there's lots of them here and and, and it, it it don't take very long to fill your fill your two tags on javelinas yeah. and you can like with your stick bow you know they're just like you can you can stock up on them and you can get really close and and it's it's a fun little deal with a stick yeah. bow do they uh do they smell as bad as everybody says they do oh yeah <laughs> for sure Gotcha. Yeah, I've I think I, I think that's maybe a defense mechanism for them, you know. But mm. like, yeah, they they do they they stink really bad. Yeah, uh, a buddy of mine just got a a new lease this year that uh, I didn't get to hunt much, but hoping to next year. And he's seen some javelinas out there, so I'm hoping I might get my get my first one before too long. Yeah, they're cool, man. They make a neat little euro. You know, I I, I just I don't. Well, the guys all everybody cares them i think they eat like if you slow cook them you know and uh, it's pretty meat if you slow cook them you can you can make tacos or whatever it is i just like i don't know I'm, as long <laughs> as i've got elk and deer in the freezer i'm good yeah 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 i believe that i believe that uh well man do you i know you have some hunters out in the field do you have time to touch on antelope real quick or you need to get going yeah for sure no i'm good i'm good buddy okay uh yep I, so we we you know out in the plains part of the ranch we have we have a lot of antelope here uh i, I think this country you remember back in 2012 2011 you know the big drought i think it really hurt the antelope and so so the 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 biologist out here has kind of been their that's been their pet peeve is restocking restoring these antelope out here and and our ranch has just flourished. And, and so last year I had three antelope tags and, and it is, I, I don't do the blind setting stuff. It's uh it's a hundred percent spot and stalk type deal, but we, we got all three of our antelope last year with, with, uh, uh, bow hunters. Wow. Man. Spot and stock too, huh? Yep. Yep. You know, on these in there again, uh, like I say, they're low pressure. So they decoy pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's enough topography and enough of, you know, enough terrain here that, that you can kind of, you can kind of, uh, you can kind of use that and get in pretty close to, you know, in, in, in at least in archery range anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, and, uh, and, I've and been in, uh, go ahead. Well, I just like out here also too, even like, like if guys that, that, that buy the antelope hunts from me it's it's not a archery only or a rifle only it's a it's whatever you want to use on on any of these animals and 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 i don't i don't have a problem with a guy you know hey i want to give you know three four five days with my bow and if it don't work out drag the gun out i have zero yeah. problem with that yeah yeah uh, i was just gonna say I, i've been on one antelope hunt out in new mexico on a, a buddy of mine's uh grandparents place and uh, you know, I always heard that they had really good vision and were spooky and stuff. And uh, it was the first morning, and we were up on a little bit of a plateau. And, uh, you know, out there, every, every fence is a mile apart. It's all 640-acre sections and stuff. And we saw these antelope that were, I think they were about a mile and a half away. And we're like, you know, we might as well try to get closer. And so we, we were just kind of walking off the cup, and those things are booking it. And they saw us from that far away and took off running. And we learned real quick that this was going to be a whole lot harder than we thought. And so just just even thinking about trying to spot and stalk an antelope blows my mind that it's that it's possible. Yeah, it's uh, – it's, last year we got pretty it, 
one thing that helps me here too is our antelope season here is first of October. First, I don't know, it's like mm-hmm. first 15, 15 days or so of October, and and our 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 antelope are rutting then, and and mm-hmm. that really makes them uh, vulnerable to the decoy. You know, you can mm-hmm. you yeah. can. Uh, my buddy Danny Ferris owns uh, Ultimate Predator decoys. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh-huh. and you, you can take a, a that little small buck decoy they have and and, and put with a doe, uh, and those big bucks they're gonna come run that that you know that baby that baby buck decoy off mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it's 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 pretty fun it's it's super doable yeah yeah man sounds fun sounds fun well man it, it sounds like y'all's ranch is just a little mini paradise it sounds like you you know every time you step on it you're stepping back in time 100 or 200 years it's fun man I, I like you know the biggest compliment you can get paid is you know through your clients having fun and uh i had a guy here this week that that's he's become like family to me uh denny sturgis he's kind of a stick bow legend out there and uh he 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 booked an, an elk, two elk hunts and a, two mule deer hunts for he and his wife the other day before he left. And he said, man, uh, thank you for letting me hunt here. You know, he said, I've been to six continents and, and uh, killed everything you can kill across the world with my bow. And this is probably my favorite place to ever come. It's just a paradise. And, you know, that's that's the ultimate compliment you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Uh, real quick, you know, the one thing we haven't talked about is just kind of the lodge and the hunt itself. So, you know, if somebody listening to this books a hunt with you, just kind of talk about the accommodations and the food and, and how a hunt would run. Yep. We, uh, so, uh, we have a, uh, we have a, like, I don't, it's an old top ranch house, I guess you would say it's like probably built in the fifties, but it's been remodeled is very, very nice. Uh, sets eight miles off the pavement in in a big box canyon you know so you got to wake up every morning looking at looking at a bunch of six thousand foot mountains around you and uh deer all in the yard sheep uh you know you drag your glass out so you 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 can find a hundred sheep pretty quick from the driveway uh it's uh it's just a, a beautiful beautiful place there's probably some photos on my instagram page uh on it but um but yeah, we have a uh, have full time cook here with us. Uh, he's an old retired cowboy buddy of mine that, that cooks for me, and um, and so and and we I keep I keep my hunting camp very small. Like I only try to ever run like never more than four people, but but I like keeping it around that two or three guys in a camp. You know, and, and we're very hands on. You know, I'm we're we're right there. It's a part of it. So, um. You, you, you have the whole ranch to yourself when you're on this hunt with us. And, uh, you know, I keep really good guides. Uh, they're top notch. Uh, couldn't do it without them. Uh, even Snyder comes down here. He'll, he'll burn up a couple months a year, just guiding for me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a neat deal. Uh, you know, all my hunts are four day hunts. Uh, uh, it's, man, it's just, uh, it's, uh, how you say it's it's non-stop action from daylight till dark <laughs> on animals <laughs> yeah awesome awesome well man before i let you go i want to make sure people know where to find you so if they're listening to this and say hey i need to get on one of these odd ad hunts uh where can people go to find you 
man, my the the I I am I'm for probably the lowest tech person you've you've talked to. Uh, I don't I don't have a website. Uh, yeah, I've been doing this 35 years, and I'm just so blessed that I've never like just word of mouth and repeat mm-hmm. customers. I don't. I, I probably should have one for some someone to look at stuff, but I just I don't. I've never had to have one, so uh, I felt blessed in that way. But but you, I um, on Instagram, it's Topo Texas. You, it's Top underscore O underscore Texas underscore Outfitters. Uh, that's kind of that's our our number one tool for for advertising or, or you know what we do. I think all my all my info's on there, uh, you know, my phone number, whatever, and somebody somebody hears this and is interested, just just give me a call on on the number that's on there or hit me up through Instagram and we'll uh we'll dang sure talk about it. Yeah, I can I can say from experience you get back pretty quick and uh you're as friendly as could be. So man, I, I really appreciate you coming on. It's been awesome and uh I hope your hunters have some luck this week. Yep, I appreciate it, man. And thank you for having me on. Uh, I've been following along with you there. And so, yeah, it's cool. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, Scotty, uh, thank you for this, and we'll talk to you later. All right, man. I appreciate it. You have the right to the best wireless service. Bravado Wireless provides the best mobile wireless, high-speed internet, latest devices, and customer service at prices you feel good about. Bravado Wireless strives to put these values first and offer you the best wireless service available. See what they have to offer at bravadowireless.com or one of their retail locations in eastern Oklahoma. Let Bravado Wireless connect you to your family, friends, and business partners all over the world. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. There it is. Thank you, Scotty Campbell, for coming on Topo Texas Outfitters. Um, Like I said at the beginning, guys, Scotty is just a super genuine, honest person. Um, I reached out to him to come on the show, and it was just like he was instantly my best friend. Very, very honest, uh, upfront person. Great to talk to, easy to talk to. And I tell you what, going down there and hunting at Topo, Texas just moved way up on my list of priorities. So definitely going to have to get down there sometime. I hope some of you guys will, will look them up and book a hunt with them. Like I said, a great guy, beautiful country, amazing critters, and and it sounds like a very challenging and unique hunt. So whether you're a bow hunter, rifle hunter, doesn't matter. Give Scotty a call. Get out there and hunt with him. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. I really appreciate appreciate it. I appreciate all the support. Hope you all are having a great week. And until next time, I will see you guys right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast.